Welcome to Bouncing Forward. I'm Amy Purdy. I believe that our challenges give us the opportunity to live an even greater life with more meaning and purpose. Through my own experience of losing my legs at 19 years old and going on to become a professional athlete, New York Times bestselling author, and world-renowned motivational speaker, I've learned that overcoming our obstacles has nothing to do with bouncing back. It has everything to do with bouncing forward. That's why on this podcast, I'm sharing stories of resilience, setbacks, and remarkable comebacks. Your journey to bouncing forward starts here. Welcome to Bouncing Forward with Amy Purdy. I am very obviously not Amy Purdy. (laughs) Uh, My name is Jeff Dollar, and this is my wife. I'm Callie Dollar. And she is also not Amy Purdy. No, I'm not Amy. Amy has asked us to host her show this week as uh, she recovers from a medical procedure. And we're so honored to be here. We have a podcast called The Upside with Callie and Jeff. And it's such a terrific honor to be asked to step into somebody else's shoes and be trusted with their platform. Oh, it's the coolest thing ever. I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm a lot, I'm a lot nervous. <laughs> if I'm being honest, a lot nervous. Not sweating. I'm not sweating. Um, so what Amy asked us to do today is how do we bounce forward in relationships? She wants to t- us to talk about that. How do we bounce forward in our own relationship? How do you overcome tough times? How do you come through those tough times even stronger? And we have some really good, very simple, tangible things that every single person listening to this episode can take with them and use every day. And we're going to share those with you, but we want to do a quick introduction first so you know who we are. So uh, like I said, my name is Jeff. My wife is Callie. She uh, is obviously my best friend. Aww. She's also the mother of uh, my child. We have our, <laughs> our our child, I guess is the proper way to say it. We child have plus fur children. Child plus fur, fur children. Um, she's one of the hardest working people that I know. And... She is also a huge, she's so open. She's a huge advocate for mental health and taking care of your brain as much as you strive to take care of your body. Mm -hmm. Um, She's such a huge advocate for, for mental health. And it's something that I'm so proud of because there's no telling how many people you have helped doing that. That's so sweet. And what makes this our little spin on this and on mental health is we go through it in real time. So I have um, diagnosed anxiety. I have right now postpartum depression that I'm I'm dealing with and ADHD. And we talk really openly about all of that kind of as we're going through it. Um, and Jeff too has been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. So we take you through that in real time. And our goal in doing that is to make you feel less alone. Whatever you are going through, you are not alone. Do not forget that because it can seem really dark sometimes. And in your darkest times, you can feel like no one gets it. You are not alone. And we kind of have to go through it in real time because our show, our podcast it's only 30 minutes long, but it's every single day. It's every Monday. day, it's five m- days a week. Monday through Friday. So if Callie's having an off day or not feeling herself or uh, the postpartum stuff has hit her hard, she is still on the show and we are addressing that head on. Mm-hmm. And going back to what I said at the beginning, 
that level of realness and authenticity, I think, is just helpful to people. I hope you know, so. you know, make, yeah. making them feel less lonely in their own struggles. Jeff is my husband, obviously, and he is my very best friend. He is also my business partner, which adds a pretty interesting dynamic to our relationship. And he is one of the most kind people that I've ever met. He is hilarious and he is so smart. And when we first met, Jeff was going through a massive life transformation and his motto from that life transformation was keep moving forward. So obviously this podcast is called bouncing forward. So there are so many parallels with Amy's message that hit a chord so hard with Jeff and really with all of us, but keep moving forward is something so close to Jeff. It was about 10 years ago and I was going through a divorce and it was, it had wrecked me. I was not doing, I was not handling it well. Uh, and I will tell you, like, this is how bad it was. I would order on Monday a large pizza, and then that would be my dinner that night, like Monday night. Yeah. Then it would be lunch on Tuesday. Then it would be dinner on Tuesday. Then it would be lunch on Wednesday. And then if there's any left, it would be dinner on Wednesday. Uh, but if when it disappeared, then I would order Chinese food, right. and then that would be my, those would be my meals for the rest of the week. Yeah. It was not going well. And I was signed up for some, some, People signed me up to do a triathlon. I'm not an athlete. I am, I don't run. I am not a swimmer. I didn't know how to properly swim. Biking was not something didn't I- have a gym membership. No. We're pretty far from the, tri like you think triathlete? And then on the other side of that, yeah. Jeff Dollar. Yes. I'm the, if there was a, a, a picture in a magazine of a triathlete, I'm the before picture. <laughs> and so- <laughs> I, I had a coach and, and we were sitting down talking about transition and transition is the part of triathlon between the swim and the bike and then the bike and the run. Mm -hmm. And our coach said, listen, there's only one wrong way to transition. Some people come out of the water, right? And they run to their bike and they've already got their, their spiking shoes clipped onto their, you know, pedals. They've got their sunglasses and their helmet and all that. And they've got a special, you know, energy gel and they're gone. And from right. the time they come out of the water, time they get on the bike, it's 90 seconds mm -hmm. and they're off. Other people come out of the water, flip over like a five gallon paint bucket, sit down, eat a Snickers bar, dry off their feet, put their socks on, put their sunglasses on, you know, do a quick stretch, hop on their bike, and then they take off and it takes five minutes. That both of those are acceptable ways to go through transition. The only unacceptable way to go through transition is to just stop. And then she said it. She said, as long as you keep moving forward, you're still in the race. It doesn't matter how fast you're going. It doesn't matter how much you're accomplishing in, in a span of time, as long as something is being accomplished. Did that kick you in the gut right then? Well, what happened when she said that, I realized that I was stuck in transition. Mm -hmm. I realized that my entire life was changing because of this divorce and I was stuck. I wasn't moving forward. And 
at that point in time, I thought that the only acceptable change was something super significant. I didn't realize the importance of tiny little adjustments mm -hmm. because you can walk a mile taking one step a minute if you want. Take you a long time, but you'll still get there. Right. You can read the longest book in the library one page at a time. And as long as you read one page every day, you're getting closer to the end of that book. Right. And that, for whatever reason, just struck a chord with me. And to this day, I remind myself to keep moving forward. It doesn't matter how fast or slow you're going. As long as you're moving forward, you're still in the race. So that's Jeff's, like, that's when I met him. And that was so powerful to me because I think it's true for every us, every one of us. We always, we all get stuck at some point. And so just to do a little recap of, of us together. So we got married in 2016. We went viral because Jeff surprised my bridesmaids and I with puppies, rescue orphan puppies. I mean, come on at our wedding on our wedding day for, you know, pictures and they all wound up getting adopted. It was amazing. And we're obviously married. We are running a growing business together. And now we have the most perfect, sweet five month old. Her name is Ellie. And we are just so in love with her and navigating the world as new parents. It's amazing how far we've come, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Here's the thing. I believe that it all started with gratitude. When I say all, I'm talking about when we really made a tangible commitment to bounce forward together, the foundation of that, I believe, was when we started doing daily gratitude after we moved in together. Oh, for sure. And we start every single one of our podcast episodes with daily gratitude. Um, so we start every single episode by saying, you know, Jeff says, my name is Jeff Dollar. Today, I am grateful for my comfortable office chair. My, and then I would say, my name is Callie Dollar, and I'm grateful for our dog, Lily. And that sounds so silly to be grateful for something like, an office chair. Right. Right. But here's the thing. When, when the idea was born years and years and years ago for us to start leaving each other notes with what we're grateful for in the morning, neither one of us had any idea what that would end up doing to our brains. Cause well, we didn't even think we're like, Oh, maybe we'll do this for like a week. Yeah. It was just a neat thing to do. And neither one of us would be, I don't think we are naturally positive, optimistic, peppy, joyful people. Oh, we're definitely not. But we started this daily gratitude journal once we we moved in together and we did it on index cards and we would just leave a note for one another in the morning with something, you know, usually silly that was not silly, but small. Well, like cheese. Like yeah. I'm grateful for cheese. Yeah. And we noticed after a few months that both of us, we were more patient. We were more kind. We were obviously more grateful. We were more empathetic. And it's so weird. Optimistic. Yeah. We found out years after the fact that studies have been done that daily, the practice of daily gratitude will actually change the, the makeup of your brain. The chemicals and the wiring in your brain is different 
if you are able to find time to be grateful every single day. So it's science. Yeah. Science says so. <laughs> and that doesn't mean, like, that's not to say, okay, things can't be bad. Things can't be frustrated. Things can't be annoying. I can't be mad when someone cuts me off of traffic. I can't be annoyed when my boss is a jerk. I can't. Yes, you can. And and you will. But in bad times, and and sometimes there are bad times for like a day. Sometimes there are bad times for a week. Maybe it's a year, Right. But that's when gratitude, in my opinion, is most important. And here's a great way to practice gratitude in a relationship that that uh, sounds funny now, but it really can change the tra- trajectory. Trajectory, yeah. I always struggle with that word. <laughs> trajectory. It can change the direction of a bad day, right? So if you and whoever you're in a relationship with is having a fight, it could be a parent, it could be a sibling, it could be a, a, a spouse, a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, pause the fight, pause the bad moment and ask them to identify something that they're grateful for about you. And, and then you do that back to them. And you, it's, you cannot have neg- negative thoughts and grateful thoughts can't coexist at the same time. So you're actually going to be putting pushing pause on the fight and the negativity, and you're going to be forced to recognize what's good about the person you're engaged with. And it's it, it breaks the energy up a little bit. Yeah. And I, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're like, that sounds really cheesy. It is so cheesy. Yeah. It's so weird. Yep. But however, and a bunch of the things that we say today, you might be like, you know what? That's really cheesy. That sounds really dumb. Yes, it does. And you know what? I got to tell you, it feels dumb when you're doing it, but the more you put it into practice, you're going to be like, okay, actually this works and it's weird. And I don't even care how dumb I feel because I can see the changes every single day. And in other relationships too, I had a situation with somebody that I have a regular meeting with and I would say 50% of the time they show up late. The other day so I was- frustrating. Yes. And the other day, their tardiness threw off my entire afternoon. I mean, it screwed up everything because they were late. And I texted them and after the fact, because I'm, I'm non-confrontational. So of course I was like, oh, it's no big deal to his face. But after the fact, I sent a text and said, hey, um, you can't be late anymore. It screws everything up and I just, you're going to have to cancel or reschedule. Just don't be late anymore. And the response was apologetic and Mm -hmm. a promise not to do it again. And then I became grateful that I was given the opportunity to address that and it was resolved. And I felt this burden of stress lift because. And this is something, this is evolved, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff, 10 years ago, 15 oh years ago, oh my gosh. would have said, if you had said, you know what? I'm grateful for this. Yeah. What would Jeff 15 years I'm, ago have I'm said? I'm grateful for the opportunity to confront someone. I would have laughed in your face. Yeah. And, I, and then, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, so that's the foundation of everything bouncing forward in a relationship. Yes. That, and, and I hope you took something away from that because- this this next statement I'm going to make always draws controversy. Oh, yes, it does. I believe that in a relationship, 
if you want to keep a relationship bouncing forward and keep it strong and keep it healthy, you have to sweat the small stuff. The phrase, don't sweat the small stuff, drives me nuts. And, but it's with good reason. It's with life experience. Plead your case on this. I was married once before. And during that relationship, during that marriage, I never would sweat the small stuff. So. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Is it whatever, whatever it is. I'm going to, I'm going to make something up like, um, leaving dirty dishes in the sink rather than Mm -hmm. set them in the dishwasher. Right. Let's say that for whatever reason, dirty dishes in the sink really, really bothered me. But I was living by that don't sweat the small stuff mantra as I used to. I wouldn't say anything about it ever because it's not that big of a deal. I can move the empty ice cream bowl from the sink to the dishwasher, no problem. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make an issue out of that. Over time, that builds up. And it chips away at it. Think of how the Grand Canyon was formed, right? That was one little stream of water that was just going. And then over time, it becomes not just any old canyon, the Grand Canyon. Right, exactly. And so that's the same thing that happens in relationships. If you want to keep your relationship bouncing forward, if you want to keep your relationship strong, you need to do two things. One, you have to sweat the small stuff. If something really bothers you, you have to bring it up to your partner. Now, not all the small stuff, just the things that really, really irritate you, even if they sound dumb. Like I've said to Jeff before, I've said, hey, I know this is weird. Totally realize this. I don't know why. I hate it when you leave your belt on the bed with the like nothing else because I walk into the room and think it's a snake and it scares me. And I know that's really silly, but it drives me nuts and it irritates me every time. His response. All right. I just did it to Callie the other day because she is notorious for yelling to me from rooms. Like I'll be at the sink washing dishes and the water's running and the TV's on. And then she yells something from upstairs and I can under, I make out the fact that she's yelling and I might get one word out of it, but I don't understand what she's saying. And finally, I just said to her, you got to stop yelling at me. me nuts. I can't understand you. And I worked in radio for 25 years. I wore headphones for 25 years. I know that I have some hearing loss. Right. It frustrates me and reminds me of that. So please stop. And she was respectful and she said, okay, just like with the belt. You don't have to understand it. Just respect that if it's bothering your partner enough that they said that they something. say something, then respect that. Now, if it's every five seconds and every little thing, but with the things that really, really get to you, even if they seem silly, those are the things you want to sweat. Be honest with your partner. Do not let them build up. Because when they build up, when they hit, when they hit a breaking point, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of times (laughs) it's, it's close to too late, if not already too late. So that, that I know it gets challenged a lot when I talk about it, but I stand by it that you have to sweat the small stuff. Now, here's another thing in our relationship, we made a decision to own our strengths and own our weaknesses. And it is not easy to say, I'm not good at this. It's actually very hard to say, I'm not good at this. Now, you know, Jeff 
and I have both been in therapy separately, like at different points in our life. And we're such advocates of therapy because it's really cool. The clarity that you can get. And Jeff over, you know, a decade, one thing that he opened up to me about was he was like, I've realized that I am so bad at asking for help. It's really hard for me. I'm not good at it. I might not ever be good at that. So I want to let you know, I'm bad at that. I need your help with that. I need your help recognizing when I need help because after years of, of therapy, I, I realized it's not, it's almost something that I physically can't do. Right. And so I brought that to, to Callie's attention humbly. Like it was difficult. It's, it's hard to say what your weakness is. Mm -hmm. Um, but once you do that, it allows the other person to lift you up and boost you up and support you. Yeah, it totally does. And, Which and is what a relationship is all about. Exactly. And we have this thing that we kind of say to each other every once in a while. It's like same team. Like you have to, you have to remember about your relationship, especially when you're trying to bounce forward, that you are on the same team. So you are not always going to agree. You're not, whatever, but know your strengths, know your weaknesses, be willing to like dive in and recognize those and communicate them to your partner and let them communicate to you and be aware of what their weaknesses are. So you can step in when they're not good at something or something is really challenging for them. And when something is challenging for you, they will meet you then. So that's a gr good way to create some balance and know what you're good at. You know, like Jeff came to me with a, you know, something that he said, I'm really struggling with this. And I was like, actually, I'm really good at that. And that I can, I can help with. So, you know, or if there's something that I'm really struggling with, he's like, you know what? I'm good at that. Let me take that from you. And as a person who doesn't like to one, admit their weaknesses and two, doesn't like to ask for help. Let me tell you what it looks like on the other side of doing that. Not only are you getting help with what you need help with, mm -hmm. right? And not only are you letting your partner do what they're great at and alleviating that burden for you. But now your mind and your physical body is relieved of that burden. Yes. Which gives you space to become better at the stuff you are good at. Yes. And everybody becomes better mm -hmm. once you can drop the ego and acknowledge the weakness and seek help. And here's the thing that I want to address to people that are listening to this solo who are with partners that don't have an interest in this kind of thing or the self-improvement thing, or they just don't get it because that is so common. And let me assure you right now, I cannot, we collectively cannot tell you how many people have come to us and said, I love this. I want to make changes. My spouse, my significant other, the person that I love doesn't get it. I don't know how to explain this. When you come halfway to that person without even addressing it, when you make that change, it will be easier for them to make that change. Yeah. That puts people's guard down. So when you are in, you know, the middle of a fight or you're, you know, for this example, when you want someone to acknowledge their weakness and you're, you feel like you're alone in that, the first step would be to say, Hey, I'm really not good at this. And I really could use your help. And, and that really helps 
take the wall down. It may take a couple of times doing that. It may take months of doing that, but that's a great way to get progress from your partner. It's leading by example and Mm -hmm. it's it's demonstrating without announcing that you're making a demonstration. It's less threatening. So if we can backtrack just a a little bit before we move forward, I was asked to write- Uh Get it? Move forward. Uh, <laughs> um, I was. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I had to. I going back to the gratitude conversation. I was asked to write an article about how to handle if you're a grateful person, how to handle people who reject gratitude, how to how to handle ungrateful people or people who always see the negative side of things. Because it'll happen. This is yeah. life. And my answer to that. And my answer to, to all of this, like Kelly just said, if people don't want to meet you, then you be grateful enough for both of you. Then you be open enough for both of you. Then you be vulnerable enough for both of you. And it will take time, but that wall will start to crumble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in 2016, we had... Callie and I had what could be described as the perfect year. A banner year. We both left jobs for better jobs, almost, I would say, dream jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, we got married. We moved into a new place. 2016 was a fantastic. It was awesome. It was a fantastic year. And 2018 going into 2019 like late 2018, early 2019, was whatever the opposite of awesome is. I mean, it was. It was a disaster. It was. Okay, so what what happened? So I lost grandparents. My mom was, uh, she, she didn't pass until 2019, but she was very sick several times in mm-hmm. 2018, 2019. Um, I totaled your car. I spent the night in the hospital because uh, my heart stopped. You know, no big deal. Um, <laughs> I got fired, fired. And in the midst of that firing, had a, felt a really strong betrayal from a, a best friend. A best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just lousy. And we experienced a miscarriage. Oh, forgot about the miscarriage. Yeah, we got pregnant for the first time and we lost a ba- lost a, a baby, lost a pregnancy. So it was rough. So 2016, top of the world, 2018, 2019, bottom of the world. And that really allowed us to put into practice all of this stuff that we had learned about bouncing forward in relationships. I don't know if we would have made it through that, that 2018, 2019 period, if we hadn't had the gratitude foundation. We would have made it through, but we would have had a lot of repairing and healing to do. And I will put this in perspective for you by giving you a very specific example of where things were We've always been on the same team. So I wouldn't say that our marriage has ever been bad, but bad things kept happening around us. So in our house, there was just a lot of sadness, of frustration, of fear about work, about all of these things. And I remember standing in the parking lot. We lived in an apartment at the time and I was walking our dogs 
And I just started bawling and I called my best friend and I was like, I feel like I'm losing my husband. Like things are so stressful. We're both trying to grieve 10 different things at the same time. And I'm scared. And I'm, you know, I, I didn't think I was losing him. Like we were going to get a, a divorce or separate or anything like that. But I was like, I don't recognize this human because we're both so sad and, and, going through so much right now and grieving that where's our happy, where's the 2016? Yeah. Like that was so great. And and I want that back. <laughs> Bring back the wedding and the puppies and all that stuff. Where are those things? <laughs> so that said, we had the foundation of gratitude, right? And we got to the other side of that and it was not pretty. It was not pretty. We were always together, always on the same team, but life was not pretty. There were lots of tears. There were lots of nights we hugged each other. It was, it was very, very hard, and but we, we got there. And we were able to put a, a lot of these things into practice. Like there were times where I would say to Callie, I need help. Like I yes. can't, I can't function this weekend because of whatever stress I was feeling. So I remember, I remember one time where I asked you to cancel all of our plans for the weekend. Cause I was just like, I can't do it. Yeah. And that allowed me to just, you know, sit on the couch and watch crappy documentaries and sleep late and whatever, yeah. which I needed at the time. It's such a relief to be able to just say, I'm not doing well. I need help. And that was me too. Like when we went through our miscarriage, it was something that I've never personally experienced before. And it was very dark for me and I was really struggling and you can marry someone. And Jeff and I were, you know, best friends. And when you experience things like that, that are so intimate, it really, and probably the most intimate thing ever in our relationship is saying, I need help. Yeah. And during that time, it was so dark for me. And I remember laying in bed and just bawling my eyes out. And Jeff, even through his grief, he stepped up for me because I said, I need you. I need you. I can't, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this. I feel crazy. I just want to cry and then I'm laughing and I'm fine and and I need you. And he stepped up for me. And here's the thing that, so that, that was like, the second half of 2018, the first half of 2019. By the end of 2019, if our life was a boat, the beginning half of 2019, it was jammed in the Suez Canal the way that tanker was, right? <laughs> yes. By the end of 2019, we had finally gotten pointed in the right direction. We were starting to float out to sea. Yeah, we started our show. We had we started our business together. Um, the burdens of the work drama that Jeff had been in was, you know, was lightened and we were moving on. And once we were unstuck and moving on, we were able to look back on that period, on that dark period and kind of analyze where we did really well by each other and by our relationship and where we may have had room for improvement. It's almost like and, a sports team rewatching a game. Yes. And I think that's important because we celebrated the great year of 2016 for all mm -hmm. of 2017. We're like, oh, remember this? This is what happened last year. The blah. You know, you, your pictures come up on your time, you know, your Facebook thing. And you're like, oh, remember this time yeah. and all that. And you and you analyze and, and celebrate and enjoy the good times. If you want to bounce forward in a relationship, you should also reflect on the tough times because that's going to prepare you to be stronger, ready, stronger. Yeah 
for the next tough time. Look, knowledge is strength, right? And when you've moved away from your tough situation, ask questions about it, dive into it together, um, learn from that and learn what you can take from the upside of that horrible situation or the horrible time, what the upside in that, the lesson is in that, that you can take with you. The last thing that we want to tell you about that we do in our relationship, I think is my current favorite thing. Is it really? Yeah. And before I explain this, I, I want to pause for a minute and just say that putting together this episode of Bouncing Forward for Amy gave me the opportunity to list out all of the intentional things that we do in our relationship mm -hmm. to keep it strong, to keep it healthy, to make it stronger, to keep it bouncing forward. And I'm actually really proud of us. I am too. I hadn't really thought about it that way, but it, we really, it's not like quote unquote hard work, but it's intentional work. And it doesn't just impact us. Every, these are things that we use in every relationship that we have, mm -hmm. friends, coworkers, people who work, you know, with us in our, in our company, everybody, our dogs, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully yeah. we're impacting our daughter in a positive way. Yeah. And it's just, it's cool. You know, it's super cool. All right. So here's the last thing. This is what we want to leave you with. The, the, the final thing is so simple. It's the, it's as simple as the question, how are you? But the answer can't be a sentence. Like I'm fine or I'm okay, or I'm hanging in there, or I'm busy, but it's busy in a good way. None of those things are acceptable answers. You have to answer on a scale of one to 10, because that forces the person you're asking to really think about how they're doing. And if they're honest with their answer, it gives you some insight on how much help and love they need in that moment. Yeah. And it's cool. It's kind of cool twofold. So we ask each other once a week, every week on a scale of one to 10, how are you? And how I'll, was I'll, your, how was your week? How was your week? How are you? Most of the time it's like, how are you? Yeah. How was your week? And Jeff will say, you know what? I am a nine this week which tells me, okay, he's doing great. I remember last week he was like a six or a seven. What made this week better for you? That's a follow-up question that I have a lot. And then he'll tell me, oh, it was really great because I felt like I got a lot done. So the answer really tells you a lot about that person, right? The other great thing is it forces you to confront how you are yes. instead of washing over everything. Because I know that I am so guilty of being like, I'm fine. Thanks. I'm great. Thanks. Yeah. Things are one. And I actually said, I caught myself doing that last week at work. I'm in the middle of dealing with this postpartum depression stuff and, and things are really not super great for me as like maybe last month. And I remember going to work and somebody was like, how are you? Great. How are you? I'm not great. I'm terrified. Yeah. I was crying in my bed last night. Like, no, I'm right. not. So when you're in a relationship with someone um, that's more intimate, whether, you know, whoever it might be in your Close life, friend, parent, yes. child or whatever, by, by forcing them to do the one to 10, not only are you getting a glimpse, but you're, you're making them acknowledge where they are. Too. And when you ask why that tells you so much more about the person and gives you amazing insight into what makes their, what makes them a one, what makes them a 10. And here's the thing. It also allows you to acknowledge patterns. Mm -hmm. So yep. 
when it was a, maybe two months ago when we first started to notice that that Callie's sadness about the countdown to go back to work after having a baby had gone from just being sad to have to go back to work to actually being something more significant was when she had about three or four weeks in a row where she was like, I don't know, I'm a four. And I'm like, wait a minute, weren't you a four last week and the week before that? What's up with this? Yeah, we got to we got to talk about this. So in summation, our closing arguments, our final remarks. Here are the things that we just shared with you. Number one, communicate. Do the one to ten thing. That's so important. Be honest about how you're feeling, how you're doing, and don't be afraid to discuss the bad stuff to break it down and to figure out what you did well and what you could do better for each other next time. Play to, this is number two, play to each other's strengths and weaknesses. Give and take. It's give and take. You're good at certain things. Your partner is good at certain things. You're both weak in certain areas. Help each other compensate for each other. Sweat the small stuff. If your partner is bothered by something, if your coworker is driven nuts by something that you do, if your kids are losing their mind because of something you do, acknowledge that because even though it seems small to you, it's obviously a big deal to them, but don't take advantage of it. If somebody is, is paying attention and making adjustments because of small requests that you make, don't burden them with a bunch of little things that don't really bother you. Save your small stuff requests for, for big deals. And we stressed this before. I will stress it. If you take away nothing else that we have said today, gratitude, 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 gratitude. It will change your life. Take 10 seconds out of your day. Grab the closest sheet of paper or whatever you have in front of you. When you wake up, when you're in your kitchen, whatever, write down one thing that you're grateful for. Do not overthink it. Think of anything in your eyesight. Maybe it's big. Maybe it's not. Start. You will see a change in your life within, what, 60 days, I'll say. In the spirit of gratitude, we want to say thank you so much to Amy for allowing us to host her show in her Amy, absence. Yes, this is such an incredible honor. And we're, I, I feel like it's it feels cheesy to say that I'm grateful, but I really am. I'm so excited. It's such a grateful honor and it's such a selfless thing to do to allow us access to your amazing audience and to your beautiful listeners to, to share our wisdom, I guess, and our experiences and tell them about our show. It's, it's so you're, you, Amy, are a beautiful person and we're so grateful for you. So thank you. And if you enjoyed and got some value out of our guest hosting of Bouncing Forward, we'd love for you to check out our show. It's called The Upside with Callie and Jeff. It's a, a daily show and you got a taste of it here. Every single day when you listen to our show, sometimes we talk about funny things or, you know, sometimes we talk about serious things, but we will always leave you feeling better when you leave the show than when you started our show. And we're probably going to hit you up for parenting advice and also. That. So we're going to need parenting advice. And if you happen to be an upside listener who came over here to, to listen to Amy's show and to hear us guest hosts on Amy's show, 
Thank you for doing that. And please subscribe to Bouncing Forward. Yeah, subscribe. Go listen to the episodes. Amy is the epitome of what it means to be living life on the upside. And she is so incredible. You are going to love her show. Please subscribe. Give it a listen. And that would be such a cool gesture. Gesture. Woohoo. Jester. Court jester. Jester. Sure, because <laughs> we are so grateful for this opportunity. And I think it's time for me to stop talking because yeah. that's my sign. Thank you so much for listening, Amy. We appreciate you. We love you. And thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Bouncing Forward. My mission is to show that no matter what our circumstances, if you want something bad enough and if you feel it in your heart and your soul, that the possibilities of what we can achieve are endless. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss an episode and please leave a review to help me help more people bounce forward. I want to leave you with this one question. If your life was a book and you were the author, how would you want your story to go? From this podcast, I hope you walk away seeing that although we can't control the things that happen to us, we can always control the way we react to them. We determine where our story goes from here. It's not about bouncing back to who we once were. It's about bouncing forward and becoming all that we could be.